Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Bless you today in the name of Jesus. I'm happy to be here for the testimony of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and um, my wife and I have just come back from Kenya, Central East Africa, and um, preached 20 times in four and a half weeks. So hopefully I know my subject today, and I want to present it to you in Jesus' name. Father, we come before you this morning and we just declare that you are great and your kingdom is great and you're great amongst us today. We bless you. You're worthy to be praised. Lord, I think of the kids in Kenya that say praise the Lord and praise the Lord again. We declare today, Lord, that you're worthy of our praise night and day. We praise you and then we praise you again. And we thank you today for what you've done for us, for everything that that heaven has done for us here on the earth. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to preach to us today about the kingdom of God. And uh, I've just realized once again over these past uh, weeks and months This Bible here is about Christ and his kingdom. The entire Bible encompasses the kingdom of God. And uh, that's what I want to bring us today, for Christ and kingdom. And so, as we have gathered today, we are gathered, I believe, in the midst of the kingdom of God. And uh, as I've been studying the kingdom, talking about it, and praying about it. Um, we go back to the book of Daniel. Daniel was a, was a powerful character in the scripture. He was a young man, and he and three of his friends were carried off from Jerusalem uh, to Babylon. They were captives in Babylon. And at that time, the, uh, the kingdom of, of Babylon was the number one kingdom in the world. Um, there was no kingdom like it. Uh, Babylon is known as, you know, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, and it was awesome. Uh, One of the seven wonders of the world, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. And in the midst of this this great kingdom, there was this kingdom, the, the king called Nebuchadnezzar. And he was a powerful king. There was no one like him on the earth. Uh, the, the whole earth knew about him. The known world knew Nebuchadnezzar. So he was powerful. And um, so he has this great kingdom and he has all of these young men and women that they've brought back from Jerusalem, captive now in Babylon. And um, one night it says Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he woke up in the morning and he was troubled and he forgot what the dream was. So it says him being, you know, a great potentate and the number one king in the earth He had all of these uh, soothsayers and people that could interpret dreams and wise men. He had a whole team of them. 
So he called them together and he said, I've had this dream and I've forgotten what the dream is. And he said to them, you have got to interpret the dream to me and um, tell me what the dream is, the dream that I've forgotten. You've got to tell me what the dream is and you've got to interpret it for me. So all of these wise men are there and they're thinking, why we are wise men, but who can do something like that? Who can tell a man or a king or anybody the dream that he, that he had and that he has forgotten? And so obviously they were in trouble. Daniel and his friends got together and they said, unless this dream can be told the king, the king told, be told what the dream was about and uh, given interpretation, all of the wise men would be killed. They would execute them all. So we're talking about a serious situation. A dream, forgot what the dream was, the wise men were there and they were to interpret the dream. So Daniel and his three friends got together and he said, guys, we better pray. So the four of them got together and they prayed. And that night, Daniel got the dream that the king had. He saw in the dream that there was this massive statue. And it says it, it touched the sky. The head of the statue was gold. The arms and the, and the torso were, were silver. The rest was bronze and iron. And the feet were, were, were iron and clay mixed together. And so there's this massive statue standing on, probably on the plains of Dura in the dream. So Daniel has this dream. And uh, in the dream, it says a mass of rock that was not cut out by human hands, a supernatural rock, it said, came out of the heavens and it smashed into the feet of that statue. And it says that it's, it that was such an impact that the entire statue, it says, just disintegrated. It was demolished. And uh, it says it was demolished to such a degree that it was like turned to chaff, to dust. And it says a mighty wind came and it swept away where that statue was and there was nothing left. Anyway, Daniel gets a dream. He calls the, the, the head of the intelligent men and tells them, um, I've had the dream. I can tell the king. They called the king, told him the dream. Daniel is elevated to a tremendous position uh, in Babylon. Anyway, the Lord is trying to get the, the understanding and get the idea of, of the kingdom of God through to, through to one of the most Im, uh, important kings that has ever lived, Nebuchadnezzar. So the dream, the statue, this rock that came out of heaven and demolished the statue. Wind came and blew it away. Anyway, the Lord is trying to get Nebuchadnezzar's attention. Anyway, Nebuchadnezzar has another dream. This one he, he remembered. He said there was this massive tree. And it says it was so high it touched the heavens. It says its branches were filled with fruit. And it says all of the birds of the air came and landed in the tree. Below the tree, all the animals came, and there was no tree like it on the earth. And then it says, suddenly, a heavenly voice came out of heaven, and it said, cut the tree down. And uh, all you can leave is the stump and the roots in the, in the ground. And so anyway, Daniel gives the interpretation of the king's dream. And he said to him, king, you're that tree. He says, you're going to be cut down. Not only are you going to be cut down and lose your position, but you're going to be driven out into the wilderness. Your mind is going to be taken away from you. You're going to be given the mind of an animal. It's going to be terrible. 
after Daniel interpreted that dream to Nebuchadnezzar, it says one year later, Nebuchadnezzar was out, probably right over the hanging gardens of Babylon and saying, look at this awesome kingdom that is mine, this awesome kingdom that I've set up, and so on. And there he was, you know, prideful um, over the gardens and over this massive kingdom that he was king over. And it said, suddenly things changed. He was removed. He was driven out into the forest. And it says the hair on his body, because of the dew night and day that fell on his body, the, the hairs of his body turned into feathers. It says he had claws like an eagle, and his mind was taken from him. And it said for seven years he was driven out and, and was and given the mind of, of an animal. What the Lord was, was doing, what the king of heaven was doing, was trying to get the understanding of one of the great kings on the earth, that there was a greater king in the kingdom. And so he was driven out, and after seven years, he was brought back. It said his mind was given back to him. His kingdom was given back to him because the stump and the root were still there, and he took up his kingdom again. And um, it says this, that at the, at the end of this, he said, I acknowledge today his kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures for generation to generation. And it says that this great king, Nebuchadnezzar, admitted before the whole world, heaven rules. I would say to us today, what an incredible moment in time for anybody that is born on the face of the earth to come to that understanding that heaven rules, that the king of kings rules, that the creator of the universe rules. And so this great king was given, you know, one dream after the other, and finally, praise the Lord, he comes to the place where he says, heaven rules. Glory to God. The scripture says that after 70 years of the captivity, um, they were, the people were sent back to Jerusalem. The temple was restored, and... Um, Wonderful things happened, but then there was 400 years of silence. I'm giving you basically a scripture history lesson right here. 400 years of silence after the captivity and after the restoration of the temple in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that after 400 years of silence, that silence was suddenly broken. And we know the story. It says John the Baptist came, and he said he came preaching a message of repentance and he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Powerful. It was to fulfill the, the prophecy of Isaiah, a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight his paths. The scripture says that all of Jerusalem and the surrounding areas somehow supernaturally heard that word. They heard the cry in the wilderness and by the hundreds of thousands, the scripture says, they went out. It says that all of Jerusalem and all the surrounding areas, thousands of people came. And this wonderful sentence, they came confessing their sins. And they were baptized for the washing away of those sins. I mean, what, a, what an incredible statement. What an, what, what an incredible voice that was heard in the wilderness. And they were given the right to come and confess their sins, and to make straight paths for the Lord, and then be baptized in water. Wonderful. 
The historian Josephus says that over one million people were baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist in six months. It was supernatural. It was powerful. One million in six months. And then it says, while John was baptizing, Jesus came. And you remember John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So this was, was in the desert uh, and, and at, the, at the Jordan. Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. It says Jesus came and he was baptized by John. I mean, incredible. The Son of God coming and giving himself to baptism in the Jordan, the muddy Jordan. John baptized me to fulfill all righteousness, says John baptized him. And it says that as Jesus was coming out of the water, it says that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And, and they knew, and John knew from that moment that this was the Messiah. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the, Lord, the world. We proclaim him. We proclaim the one who takes away the sin of the world today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. John the Baptist's message was the message of the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom is the rule and the reign of God on the earth. It's a kingdom that will never end. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar found that out, that he was dealing with an eternal kingdom of which there was no end. So John the Baptist came forth. He was supernaturally born, if you can remember this. And I've got a prophetic word for us today. And I'm, I'm building a little bit here about the supernaturalness of this kingdom. So John the Baptist, it says, was supernaturally born. If you can remember, his father, Zechariah, was in the temple. And, and the, the angel Gabriel appeared to him in the temple. And he said to him, uh, Zechariah, you and your wife are going to have a child. And you're going to call him his name John. Um, you're not going to call him Zechariah, which was the custom the firstborn would take the father's name. He said, you're not going to call him Zechariah. You're going to call him John. And so there it was supernatural as Gabriel stood before him and uh, told Zechariah that they were going to have a child and his name was going to be John. Now, here's the thing. Zechariah standing in front of him said, you know, this is incredible. We are old. We are past childbearing age. And here's the deal. Elizabeth, my wife, has been barren all of her life. But the angel Gabriel said, you're going to have a son. You're going to call his name John. What I'm saying this morning is that he was supernaturally born and announced. You think about Jesus. He was supernaturally born. Once again, the angel Gabriel came before um, Joseph and Mary and announced that you're going to have a son. And uh, the angel Gabriel came to Joseph again and said, you are going to have a son and you're going to call his name Jesus for he will forgive people of their sins. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so there's just the supernatural occurrence. You'll call his name Jesus. He'll save his people from their sins. What I'm talking about this morning is the kingdom of God. It's a kingdom of power and authority. Blessed be the name of the Lord for this incredible kingdom. It says that Jesus from that time on preached exactly the same message as John the Baptist preached. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of God, 
I just say today, is the overarching message over you and over me and over every person on the earth. Blessed be the name of the Lord for the kingdom of God today. It is the overarching message of the Bible. King and kingdom is mentioned 3,500 times in the scripture. Jesus, in his preaching and his parables, he mentioned the kingdom of God a hundred times. You've got to know that the kingdom of God is serious stuff. It's a kingdom that will never end. It's called the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of the creator. 500 years before Jesus was born, Nebuchadnezzar found out that there could be no other kingdom that could stand in front of this kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar found out that that statue that was built up there, the kingdom that was set up before heaven, was disintegrated, demolished, and turned into chaff and was blown away. Hallelujah. We are talking about a kingdom today that has full power over sin, over Satan, and over death. The scripture says that after six months of preaching and baptizing, John was arrested and thrown into prison. This man who was supernaturally born, this forerunner of Jesus, this one that proclaimed the kingdom of God is near, this one that proclaimed repent for the kingdom is coming, this great power of heaven is coming to the earth. This is, this is a kingdom where you confess your sins and by faith you enter in, into this kingdom. And so he preached it. And blessed be the name of the Lord for the power of the kingdom. John, six months out of preaching, arrested and thrown into prison. I was just reading in these past weeks, is talking about the kingdom of God. In the book of Luke, this is what it says. It says, so John was now in prison. He's thinking, yeah, I was supernaturally born. I was supernaturally named. Hundreds of thousands of people came out to hear me, confessing their sins, baptized in water, getting prepared for the baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire that Jesus would bring. This is what he was, he was in prison. He was wondering, what is this all about? After all of that, after all of this, this supernatural happenings and this, this great response of hundreds of thousands of people, and he's now in prison. It says he called two of his disciples. It's very clear in the book of Luke. He calls two of his disciples and he says to them, said to them, I want you to go and I want you to go to Yeshua. I want you to go to Jesus and I want you to ask him for me. I'm in prison right now, and I want to ask you, and I've got quandaries about this. Go to Jesus and go and ask him, is he the one that was prophesied about? Is this the kingdom? Is this the Messiah? Or are we looking for someone else to come? It says that those two disciples went, and they looked for Jesus, and they found him. And they said, we've come from John the Baptist. He's in prison, and he has asked us this question. Your cousin who is in prison has asked us this question, are you, the one to, are you the one that was prophesied about or do we look for another person? Is this the kingdom that we prophesied? Is this the kingdom that we said repent for the kingdom of, of God is near? The, the message that Jesus preached as well. It says that they asked Jesus that question, are you the one or is there another one to come? It says that Jesus didn't answer them. It says, from that time, he went out and he healed a host of people. And then he came back and he told the two disciples and he said to them, go and tell John what you see and hear. 
the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame are walking, the demonized are set free, the lepers are cleansed, the good news of the kingdom is being preached, even the dead are raised. That was the answer that they gave. They went back and they went and told John. I'm sure that John said, okay, I'm satisfied. But it had to do with this, the, the power of the kingdom. And so at that time, it says he healed many. The kingdom had told him that this is what the kingdom means. I believe today, I've got a prophetic word for us today. Didn't look for one, it was given to me. I have a pre- prophetic word for this church, for every church in Kansas City, for every church in America, for every church around the world that will listen. There's a prophetic word that has been given, and it's got to do with the kingdom. Hallelujah. Healed many. The kingdom that we are talking about is a kingdom of power. There are theological questions about that. Has the kingdom come? Is the kingdom here? Is it coming? Where are we kingdom now? Kingdom future and all of that. I'm not sure about that. I know what Jesus said. I know what John the Baptist said. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus said it's at hand. In one place he said it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom is here and not yet. All of those things. It's a mystery. It's the, the kingdom of God is so big and so powerful that it encompass, encompasses every question that you've got and every answer that you'd give to those questions. It's so massive. It's called the kingdom of power. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is what Jesus said. He said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to all the other little towns because that is why I was sent. The creator of the universe came down, incarnated in human flesh, preached the kingdom of God. I believe the message of the kingdom, the message of this rule and reign of God over the universe is the arching message for the church right now, has always been, is now today. The power of the kingdom of God. I want to say this morning that Jesus is the king of this great kingdom that we are talking about today. Of Jesus it was said, after he was arrested and he was condemned to death, died on the cross, was taken from the cross, having shed righteous blood for the sin of the whole world, was put in a grave, and on the third day he was raised from the dead. Now this is what the scripture says, for 40 days Jesus appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days before he went back to heaven. And you know what he did? He spoke about the kingdom of God to his disciples. This message of the kingdom has to be preached to the whole world, it says, and then the end will come. Praise the Lord. The apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, it says the last two years of his life, he lived in his own rented house in Rome. And it says... Crowds of people came to him, and he freely spoke to them about the kingdom and Jesus. This whole deal has got to do with Christ and his kingdom. Christ, the one who created the universe and created all of us and his rule and reign uh, eternally. Blessed be the name of the Lord, the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. So John the Baptist preached, repent, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. 
Jesus, the Son of God, the King of the Kingdom, came and he preached, repent, change your mind. The Kingdom of God is near. Hallelujah. I've got a friend. The reason why I'm preaching this message, I have a friend who has a prophetic ministry. He's told me many things over the years, and I know he has a a tested record of what he has seen and heard. Just recently, within the last few months, he went on a mission trip to Mexico. And um, so they flew down there. First night, they were tired. It says they were given this little, little, little house to live in because they were going to preach, taking mission down to, to um, Mexico. And it says that he went to his room that night, and he said he was tired. Way back there, a few thousand years ago, Nebuchadnezzar lay on his bed, and he had visions dreams. No different from that. You know what? This scripture, 75% of the Bible has visions and dreams. 75% visions and dreams. He was on his bed, saw a vision. The whole kingdom of God opened up to him, humbled himself and so on. This friend of mine went down with a prophetic um, uh, gift that the Lord has given to him and says this, that he lay on his bed and he said, as he lay down, he said he went into a vision. And he said the roof disappeared. Ceiling was gone. And he was on his bed lying down looking up at the stars. He said it was incredible. He said, this is a vision. This is incredible. He's awake. Vision. On his bed in Mexico. He said as he looked up there, he said there was a light way up there amongst the stars. And the light came closer and closer and closer. And he said suddenly... Jesus appeared to him in the room. He said his garments were shining. He says the light that came from his eyes was so bright he had a pair of dark glasses on, but fully white from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, just with his dark glasses on. And he stood over him, and he pointed his finger at him on the bed, and he said, Son, the kingdom of God is coming. Awesome. I give you a prophetic word today. I believe that what happened there in Mexico, in that vision that the Lord gave to my friend, son, the kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom has come, is coming. It's massive. I believe through this prophetic word, we are going to see the power of the kingdom manifest within the church. When the the question was asked, Is it the kingdom? Jesus didn't answer. All he did was he demonstrated what the true kingdom of God looks like. In the true kingdom of God, when that power comes, there's a lot of power. There are a lot of spirits that have gone out into the world. When this kingdom comes, when this kingdom is manifest, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame are walking, the demonized are cleansed. There's power within in the church. And I believe that this points directly to the, to the, the, the human body and the, the understanding of the healing of the, of the physical body. As I prayed over this, I believe that the Lord showed me that. He said, what, did I, what was the answer that was given to John? He didn't give him some long explanation. It's powerful. He just said, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame are walking, the demonized are cleansed. Praise the Lord. I believe that that is coming to the church. Um, 
It is a kingdom of righteousness. It's a kingdom of peace. It's a kingdom of joy in the Holy Spirit. As I said, I was in Kenya just recently, preached 20 times. The Lord put his stamp of approval upon this particular message. People would get up and they'd go to a church and sleep there overnight and wait for the message to be preached. They would get in taxis and go to the other church and wait for the, for the message to be preached. I believe that the Lord has put his stamp of approval on that word. Son, the kingdom of God is coming. Hallelujah. Should make us excited. Amen. If not now, later. Hallelujah. And especially when you see the power of the kingdom demonstrated within the church. Amen. Like, we can talk about the kingdom of power. What do we mean by that? Well, people get saved. I understand that. Sins are forgiven. They were, they were forgiven under the message of John the Baptist. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about power. And I believe signs, wonders, miracles, and healings are coming. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is like a mustard seed. It starts off as the smallest seed and grows into the biggest tree. As I've been going back to Kenya, this is exactly what happened. We started as a mustard seed, just a tiny little work. Today, that kingdom has expanded left, right, and center. Thousands have gathered. Thousands are being fed today. The kingdom started just as a mustard seed and now has expanded tremendously. Praise the Lord for the kingdom. But more than that, I believe that there's power coming. Hallelujah for the kingdom of God. It's a kingdom of giving. It's a kingdom of receiving. It's a kingdom of sharing. It's a kingdom of rightness, of walking straight. Make straight paths for his feet. The mountains will be brought low. The valleys will be raised up. Make straight ways for his feet. This wonderful kingdom of God. Hallelujah. It's a supernatural kingdom. It's a kingdom where you give away and stuff prospers back in your hands. Where else can that happen? In the kingdom of this world, you give something away, that's it. In the kingdom of God, you give something away, it prospers in your hands. Praise God for the kingdom of God today. I preach the kingdom. Son, daughter, the kingdom of God is coming. Expect it. Expect the power. We've had a prayer movement in this city for years. Our, our number one prayer has been over this. Lord, would you demonstrate your power within the church in Kansas City? I remember way back there, we used to have signs on the back of our car, Thy kingdom come in Kansas City. It's no different today. Only we have a prophetic word where Jesus appears in Mexico and says, Son, the kingdom of God is coming. In that same vision, my friend was taken instantly to Jerusalem, to the Wailing Wall, and there the same Jesus was. And he said, I'm watching over the prayers of my people. You believe me, prayers are going to be answered. You will see the power of the kingdom in our time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's a supernatural kingdom. You give away, you prosper. Hallelujah. Overflowing cup, Psalm 23, 5. My cup overflows. It's the kingdom of God. Supernatural. Your barns full and overflowing. Your vats brimming with new wine and oil. The sick are healed. The dead are raised in this kingdom. That's the kingdom that I want to be looking for. Just recently I had a word. I've mentioned it in our prayer group. I was given a dream. A vision in a dream. I was standing in front of a crowd. Probably double the size. 
and the word of the Lord. It says a word of the, you'll hear a word behind you saying. I had a word right behind me, a word of prophecy. And the word said, prophesy over this congregation the word better, B-E-T-T-E-R. And I said, okay, I'm glad that I was um, willing to do it. And I shouted over them. The Lord prophesies over you the word better. A word came from behind me again. And this is what it says. I want you to prophesy again. So the word, word of the Lord came to me the second time. Prophesy again. Prophesy over this congregation. From this time on, everything is going to get better. Prophesied it over the congregation. By this time, they're all looking this way. Thirdly, another word came to me. The Lord said, prophesy over them again. From this time on, everything is going to get infinitely better. We're talking about the kingdom of God. I have a prophetic word. I'm just, I'm releasing, I'm honest before the Lord, hopefully willing, not drawing back at all. I believe that you're going to see the power of the kingdom, the way that Jesus saw it. The way that John the Baptist heard about it. The way that thousands of people found out what the power of the kingdom was uh, during the ministry of Jesus. And then the apostles after that. It's coming again. Everything is getting better. I believe it. Hallelujah. John obviously taught his disciples to pray. And they came to Jesus and they said to him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Jesus said, pray this way. Think about this. We're talking about the kingdom. The first, the first request that, that Jesus gave to his creation, pray this way. Holy Father, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You're a prayer. You've been part of the prayer ministry maybe over the years. If you've been like any one of us, we were, you know, uh, public intercessors, long prayers and and I, I believe that they had their merit. I want to just say at this time in my life, my, my, my much praying and my long prayers have, have, have got a little bit tighter. A little bit tighter. And instead of my mind praying what I think, and even the apostles' prayers, I think at this time we need to get back to Jesus' prayer. We need to pray like Jesus taught the church. Pray this way. Pray this way. Holy Father on Father's Day. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe we're going to see mighty things because the Lord has already given the prophetic word. Son, the kingdom of God is coming. Hallelujah. The number one prayer, thy kingdom come on earth. Hallelujah. God is overwhelming the world right now. There's a time coming that says every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I just trust that every one of us have bowed our knee. I just trust that every one of us have come confessing our sins like the hundreds of thousands did way back in John the Baptist's day for the remission of sins, for the washing away of sins and getting ready for the baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire. May that be us. May we say we are in line for it. Because the day is coming, every knee is going to bow anyway. We need to bow today. We need to do what Nebuchadnezzar did and said, heaven rules. 
hey, from this moment on, my declaration is, hey, I may be one of the greatest kings in the earth, but heaven rules. God first, the kingdom of God, thy kingdom come, God, in Kansas City and across the earth in our day. The scripture says that the knowledge of the glory of God is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The scripture says your sons will take the place of their fathers, hopefully in righteousness. Hopefully our sons will follow us into the kingdom and experience the power of the kingdom and the glory of worshiping God only and not ourselves or the work of our hands. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come, almighty God, on earth as it is in heaven. I believe that, you know, how do we respond to something like this? Like what I've just said. I've just given us a prophetic word. I believe that our response should be our prayer, our Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, and stand and say, God, we welcome the kingdom. Lord, cleanse us of anything that would stand and vaunt itself up against the knowledge of God. Uh, cleanse us from anything that would be, a, 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 you know, be, have a touch of a boasting spirit. That there be no boasting. Uh, you know, it's either that or we'll be humbled. God gives everybody a chance to turn to the living God and say, God, it's God only, Christ only, Holy Spirit only. And uh, we can prosper in the midst of the, the kingdom of God. So we say today, Father's Day, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We say thy kingdom, God Almighty, come in Kansas City as an answer to all those long prayers and all of those fastings and prayings that are still going on in answer to that that God would would bless this generation by once again opening up heaven and pouring out his power upon us the church and Kansas City and the world God is not willing that any should perish but that everyone should come to repentance uh, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But to as many as received him, to them gave he the power to be called citizens of the kingdom of God. Thine is the kingdom, God. Thine is the power, and thine is the glory forever today. And uh, thy kingdom come. Amen. Let's stand. I want to just pray that prayer. Thank you.